Welcome to RSF, the revolutionary sports front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. Boy, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Bowl. That was marvelous, by the way. Great open. Great open. Yeah, except Gerard's not here because he's sleeping because of his work schedule that doesn't match up with the rest of us. That just sounded good. Welcome to the first episode. Yep. I'm excited. Are you guys excited? I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to talk about a little Johnny, a little bit of Super Bowl. I cannot wait. A little bit of Red Wing struggles. I'm excited to talk about I'm excited to talk about National Signing Day as well. We're all excited. This is great. Tony wants you Tony wants you kick us off here. Uh, tell us a little about yourself. All right, so, I mean, I'm the only married one in the group right now. I mean, <laughs> Joe is engaged, so he'll soon join the ranks of those of us that have to listen to our wives. But I'm also the oldest in the group, which means I have to try and be the responsible one most of the time and which, keep these guys in line, which yeah, never works most out. Living. I'm single and ready to mingle, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm still single. I'm, I'm staying strong for the, for the men out there. Yeah, we all know how Tony's responsibility worked out in all those summers in high school. <laughs> it usually ended with me just going, oh, forget about this. Let's have fun. Who cares yeah, how much trouble we get in? The parents are in Iowa. Let's party. Yeah. For five days straight. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I, I, I truly can't wait, Joe. I want to talk some Johnny. I'll, I'll let you cue it up a little bit, but I, I got my thoughts, you know, and I think we're going to differ on it. It's going to be some good radio. I want to hear your thoughts on Johnny football. Let's get right into it. And then we got Super Bowl Sunday coming up today, too, also. So. We're going right into Johnny. John, that's, where, that's where you want to kick off. That's Johnny. where we're kicking right. off. I, I read my show sheet. Go okay, ahead. You know, you know, Johnny football, man, you know, when your Asian drops you, uh, when LeBron James drops you, um, when your ex-girlfriend tries to drop you and you drop her, um, <laughs> you know, I and, you, and your dad's saying you're not going to make it to 24, um, you know, you got to wonder where your sign is. Uh uh, you know, the kid had trouble since college. Uh, after his freshman year, he made it big. And, and, you know, kudos to him. The guy put up great numbers. He upset Alabama his freshman year. But then, uh, you know, you go hanging around in Vegas too much and, and doing those kind of things, hanging out with Justin Bieber. Um, it's not good for football. You know, is he a football player? Is he a party boy? And the money ain't going to last forever, so. Well, I think he's both, and he, he's got a lot of money, Joe. But let, let's get into the incident itself. And I like where your morals are at, the Marine man, you know, Captain Krasik. I like it, but what, uh, what was the incident? You know, let, let's just break it down to the facts here. What did he well, do? Which incident do you want to cover? I mean, there's like 40 of them. What, he roughed up a girl a little bit, or what, what, what's going on? He's, what? he's probably doing blow in Las Vegas. I mean, I can't confirm that, but, I mean, geez, oh, pizza. I mean, what else do you in Vegas? Well, I mean, I mean, it just it sounds harmless, you know, just not much. Well, I mean, the last episode, that was the one that happened in, you know, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, where originally the cops said it was a, case, a closed case, they weren't going to investigate anymore, no charges are going to be filed. And now his ex-girlfriend really wants him to press charges. According to her, you know, she was out for her birthday or out with friends, drinking. She went to his hotel room. They started arguing about some girl he was talking to or something. And then he hit her a few times. Then they went down. Harmless. All harmless. (laughs) Then they went down to the valet. And 
He drove her to her car. She jumped out of the car. He grabbed her, threw her back in the car, started hitting her some more, took her to her house, said something about, you know, shut up or I'm going to kill us both. So... Uh, it sounds like you know boys being boys and fair being fair. Just not not much, but uh, obviously so, we differ on that, Joe. But I, I, so, so Frank, I, I think I, so. Let's hold on for a second here. I think I know where Frank's going with this. Earlier last summer, we we had another incident, um, which was actually in the NHL with with who? Who do you think I'm talking about? Was it Patrick Kane or exactly Patrick? Okay, Kane. yeah. And and what ended up happening with the Patrick Kane case? It was just a girl who wanted attention and money. Right. Patrick King signs a $10 million deal, and she wanted attention. She wanted to sue him for money for uh, supposedly, you know, hitting her or sexually abusing her or, or what was it, like rape? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I he, think Patrick King was wrongfully accused, just for the record. But yeah. I mean, he's, that's what I'm getting at is, is, he was, is he was wrongfully accused, and I, I think that's what Frank's possibly getting at is maybe, maybe this girl's doing the same thing. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, to me, if it is true, there's no excuse to ever, as a man, especially one who is an athlete and clearly stronger than her, to hit a woman, unless she's, like, really coming after you, trying to kill you, not just you're arguing in your piss so you punch her in the face. No, I, I totally agree, but I, I think, you know, not, not very many people were there. I mean, until we get some other eyewitnesses or something like that, you know, you look at the Ray Rice thing, there's a there's a damn video in the elevator, and we watched his his, uh, his girl crumble, you know, like a sack of potatoes, um, when he when he hit her. So I mean, you know, are we are we taking only this girl's account, or are we taking into the fact uh, that it actually did? I mean, was she was she all bruised up? I, I don't know. I, nothing's I don't, proven so far, from what I've heard. Nothing's proven. So right, I, I just haven't looked that much far that far into it. But it's just like it's just every weekend. It's another thing, another incident with Johnny Manziel. He's losing people. He's losing support cast, and really, it's coming down to only his dad praying that he lives to make twenty four. I mean, this is not. This is not a. It is getting. It's getting crazy. Can you imagine having that much money though? Like you got to take the account and t- or the factor in the account that he's you know coming from oil money, living in Texas. He's a white guy in Texas. Can you imagine coming from those, those millions of dollars? I mean, like just put yourself in the shoes. It's just. I don't, I'm not saying I feel that way. But when you, you come from that kind of money, you just kind of, you got to at least think about it. You know, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I guess it's the mindset. I mean, if maybe he was cooped up as a kid or something, just doing nothing Sheltered, with football, yeah. and he, he finally got out and had, had the time of his life for one night, and it just, just turned into a habit. I mean, you know, I, I, it's funny. I was talking to uh, to Kristen the other night about, you know, if I was a professional athlete and I had millions of dollars, how I'd, I would use a lot of that money on trainers uh, nutritionists, dietitians, I mean, to simply just be the best and to never, never waver away from the, like the details and things like that. I, I'd have like a film room. I'd have, I'd practice probably eight hours a day. Um, I'd probably end up hurting myself from training so much and using all my money for that. Um, you know, the world needs nice more of you, food. Joe. The world needs more of you. And, and, but I mean, that's, you know, when you think Truly. about it, that's what, that's how some of these athletes do spend their money. And that's how they spend their time is, uh, you know, obviously doing their endorsements, but doing a lot of extra training. Look at guys like Peyton Manning, uh, which we'll, we'll talk about more about later in the Super Bowl talk. But, yeah. I mean, the, the guy, when he's when he's sitting out in the fourth quarter, uh, when the, you know, when they're blowing a team out, you see him with the backup center doing snaps on the sidelines. I mean, the yeah. guy never stops. Yeah, he's studying the screenshots of the previous drive. And there's athletes who are like that. They're totally committed. They geek out over... The plays that they're running, making sure that, you know, 
their mind is 100% in the game and they have all the information they can. But you see it all the time with professional athletes. They're guys who they have a ton of money and they're young and they're trying to have a good time and they make a lot of bad decisions. Yep. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. And the thing is this. is Today, more than ever, though, I think the excuses run smaller and smaller. Um, you know, there, there are just too many athletes and too many programs for these, these pro players coming to the league. On, on what not to do. They, they, they try giving them classes. They try counseling them when they come to the league. Um, if you ever saw Hard Knocks on, on HBO, um, you, you kind of see it there. So, I mean, these, these kids are running out of excuses for running rampant, saying that no one was there to help them or no one was there to guide them. And, and Johnny Menzel, like I said, had this problem before he even went to the pros, and Cleveland took a shot, thinking they'd be able to help him. And, boy, I mean, this, this is backfiring on him right now. And a first-round pick... Uh, just, just gone. Well, Cleveland Absolutely can't gone. get much right anyways, Joe, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, also, Let's this is a uh, first-round pick Cleveland picked up for trading Trent Richardson, which that was the whole point was Trent Richardson's a bum. We're getting a first-round pick, and then you take, use Johnny Manziel. Cleveland's a disgrace, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love Johnny Manziel in college. He was entertaining. You know, some people didn't like the whole money sign thing. He's Johnny Football, and that's why I, I agree with you guys to a certain extent, but I appreciate you guys being fair enough. I, I mean, literally, I'm taking the opposite approach you guys. You guys are still being calm and nice about it, but the, I'm just saying he's just a guy out there having fun. He's a football guy, man. It's Texas. He's out there having fun, and I'm, like I said, someone's got to take his side a little bit, but... But there's a so difference Frank, between having saying, fun on the field. Frank, what? No, let, let him talk. Until what? he kills a guy. Until well, he kills a guy, he's, he's okay right now. Yeah, guy being the key word, Joe. Guy being the key word. <laughs> yep. <laughs> See, that's good radio. We're going to a good start. This is oh good. Oh, my God. Until he kills a guy. Please write all your hate mail to Frank. Mail. Yeah, write it in. Let that dial it up. I love you guys. Yeah, okay, yeah. All right, so I think we kind of took, talked about Johnny football enough. Hopefully he can get the help he needs. But or I, you want to see the guy or, die? Or we'll kill a guy, or we'll kill a guy. Like yeah, exactly. Well, if he kills the guy, he'll probably end up in prison, and that won't be good for him at all. So, hopefully, he gets his problems taken care of. But okay, I mean, okay, let's move along. We're gonna keep arguing yeah. about this. We can move on. What's the next topic, Tony? Uh, next up, I think we need to talk about National Signing Day. Was this past week, which. For me, as somebody who gets ESPN Ooh. alerts on my phone, is for the past two weeks, my phone was constantly going off because this guy committed here, this guy committed there, this guy decommitted from this school. And now all that's over, even though there's some of the guys who, like one of the big ones for Michigan State, he didn't even sign on National Signing Day. He set, he put that on hold because I guess even though it's National Signing Day, you have till April 1st to actually take care of your letter of intent to actually become committed to a team to play for next year? Yeah, there's no there's no real timetable saying, like, on National Signing Day, that's the day you have to sign with the school. They, they have more time after that. That's just, like, the first day that they can actually sign with the school. Well, tell us, Joe. I mean, let's not, let's not beat around the bush. You obviously you have some issue with this. Like, so... Just tell us what, then we can talk about it. You know, tell us. Do you have a problem with something that happened on National Signing so, Day? Come on. So, as you all know, uh, me being a Notre Dame fan, yeah, and both, both of you guys being Wolverines over there. Uh, hey, I'm a state know, of my, Michigan man. Oh, God. 
<laughs> hey, you know, when I saw Rudy as a young kid, I oh inspired my. Hey, I wish we had sound bites, but yeah, go ahead. Oh God! So here we go. Uh, <sighs> my biggest thing is, is is the whole Harbaugh thing, right? So respect the guy. I'm, I'm going to come on and say this first. I respect Harbaugh. The guy's a great coach. Mm-hmm. I think Michigan is, is definitely turned the corner this time. Uh, not unlike, you know, when Brady Hoke had his first big year and then they, they pretty much tanked for the next couple. Um, oh, you mean when he won with uh, Rich Rod's players? Yeah, pretty much. 11 wins. And, you know, Harbaugh, Harbaugh's great at developing players. He's great at uh, he's great at coaching. He's great at getting the team, in, you know, into his system. People buy into it, right? So? The whole, the whole issue I had, which, you know, I think most of the sports world is, is sort of behind it now, but when he was sleeping with the kicker or something like that or doing doing the, doing the sleepover recruiting. He wasn't spooning the kid. That when just he was happened, Joe. That was days ago, but yeah. He just spent the night at his house and did it with multiple recruits because he was trying to get him to sign. Yeah, I like, what is, what is what that? What are we getting at? Like, I mean, how does, like, you got to wonder about the recruits almost now. It's like... <laughs> Like yeah, yeah, come on over and sleep over. That's a great idea. Like, if, so, if someone was like, "Hey, I want you to play," so like, if I think about when I was a kid, right? I'm trying out for a hockey team. If the coach really wanted me to play, they're that bad, and said, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna come over and sleep over." That's how much I want you to play in this team. I'd be like, "Uh, what's the next tryout, Dad? You got, you got another tryout I can go to?" Um, well, I mean. I get where your head's at, but I mean that's a little over the top. But yeah, I mean that's I would say. But um, I think he's just uh, doing his job, you know, one hundred ten percent. You know, I think he uh, he wants guys, uh, talented players, individuals at a prestigious university, and uh, he's going to find them the best way he knows how to. And I, I think his record speaks for itself. He didn't win a Super Bowl, but he's been to a Super Bowl. Um, he's had a lot of success at Stanford. And I think he's a, a good coach for Michigan. I think. Oh, he- you know. He's a great coach, but the, isn't that isn't that weird to you that he went and slept over this kid's house? I mean, a little bit, a little bit. I get how no, I'll, I'll say no, but I get uh, how it would be perceived that way. But to me, the way I think, not really. I, I I get it, like I get it, but I can see how it would be weird. You know, I can see that. I mean, I I, I can understand too how how crazy you know this time of the year gets for colleges. I mean, for Christ's sake. Notre Dame took a semi-truck and parked it outside of a five-star wide receiver's house. I didn't you know, even know Notre that. Notre Dame oh, wow. propaganda all over the side of it. I mean, you know, it's like colleges are doing anything nowadays to try to get a recruit. And that, that kind of goes into my next thing is, is how, how far are we going to go with this besides paying recruits again to go to school like SMU did back in the day, you know, in, in USC and in Miami? I mean, like when, like how, how far are we going to go with this, But you know, before, before it goes too far? Uh, I'm not sure. Tony, do you think it's weird? I mean, here's my thing. I think the sleeping at a kid's house is weird. But at the same time, you can't deny the results that Harbaugh is getting, that he's getting good players. My biggest issue with Harbaugh is the fact that he's dropping recruits that have already committed and been committed for a while, and then he pulls their scholarship at the last minute. I'd understand it more if he pulled their scholarship a little bit earlier on, like, Hey, this kid's not having a good senior year or his senior year senator it wasn't that great. You pull it now, you give him a few months to try and find another squad. But when you're pulling his offer two weeks before signing day, I'm not a big fan of that. But at the same time, I understand why he's doing it is because that's what all the major programs are doing. And he's looking at it as my job is to win and try and win a national championship. And to do that, I have to do with the other teams that are competing for national championships are doing. Yeah, if you want to sit at the big boy table, you've got to sit at the big boy table. And just, I mean, it's going on everywhere, but I, I agree. You know, it's a little, you know, it's a little shady, but 
I mean, you got to compete. You know, do you want to be Michigan? Do you want to be Alabama? Do you want to be, you know, uh, Appalachian State? You know, whatever. You know, hey, Appalachian State just got their first yeah, year. That division. was a cue. That was a cue. Yeah, I Come said on. it on purpose. God. So, uh, Joe, the Notre Dame guy over there just shaking his head. I can see his face. I, I just don't know. I mean, I, I'm not saying, you know, Michigan's the only one doing stuff like this. Like I just said, Notre Dame is parking yeah. semi-trucks out yep. in front of kids' houses now. And, you know, it, it's just, it, to me, like, some of the stuff just gets a little bit, like, I guess the word maybe but invasive. And, you know, invasive into the, these kids' space. I mean, you know, just get on the phone, do the house visits, follow the NCAA rules. And, and if the guy wants to go to school, they're fine. And if not, you know, make, make it happen. I mean, these yeah. are but big I, programs. I think you made a good point, though. It Like, the more it progresses and progresses and keeps going and going, uh, you know, it just gets worse. You know, it's, yeah. you know, it just gets worse and worse. And next thing you know, they're just, it's like, who can be the creepiest? It, it used to be, you know, moral, you know, morale. Now it's just, uh, it's over the top, you know, almost. So Part of it, though, to me also is these kids that are being recruited. They know that when they're a top recruit, all their social media is being followed by ESPN, Fox Sports, all the rivals, all the scouting websites. And and every time they send a tweet, post something on Instagram, post something on Facebook, it's going out there. Viral. And it's going to be a headline somewhere or it's going to be in some article about recruiting. And part of them is... They want to say stuff to get the notoriety, I think, because part of it is they're young and they think it's super cool that they can flip on ESPN and see their picture up there on Sports Center, and they got the Sports Center because talking about what they're doing and they're just some high school kicker. ESPN and shit. Frank just mentioned viral. Some of these kids are making videos and putting them on YouTube of their their commitment. They're they're like commitment videos and they're like these epic. Uh, you know, his epic superhero background type. Uh, Isn't that insane? Isn't that crazy? Dude, you guys are what, 25, 26? I'm, I'm, well, uh, 25, 26 range. There's an incredible difference between the gap of 20-year-olds, 18 to 20-year-olds, and our generation. I'm telling you, there really is. It's a significant difference because a lot of these things were just unheard of in our, our time as that being that age. Oh, well, yeah. YouTube didn't really get popular until we were just finishing out high school, and that was Seriously. more for, like, little funny videos here and there. Nobody really put that stuff out there because the cost of, like, a camera to put out one of these videos, I mean, now you got cameras on your phones that they're doing it with because the cameras on phones are so good now. It makes us sound old, but it's so true. I had a flip I mean, phone when I graduated college, high school. We were in college. We were lucky to get a good, a good streaming music video of, like, a new song. Yeah, yeah. without it buffering 15 yeah, times. Yeah, without it buffering for 15 minutes and, and all those, and now... Um, you got these eighteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old kids. These recruits, recruiting videos and everything. I mean, it, it's pretty insane. Um, but really I mean, is. so that you know, and that's where that's where I'm going. I mean, and it's not not so much just the Harbaugh thing. It's not so much just the Notre Dame semi truck thing. It's how far is this recruiting thing going to go, and how far does it go before this, this? You know, everything starts getting too far, and the NCAA is going to have to put, you know, one of those big, uh, those big new. Um, restrictions on, on how, how we do recruiting because uh, we, we go back to the Johnny Menzel thing, how he was so young and he got so famous and you know playing college football. Um, the, the fame is, is starting to become uh, almost a high school thing. Like high school football is starting to get very, very big. National, yeah. And I mean, I, I'm not just saying, you know, yeah, national. I mean, Texas, 
everybody knows it's huge in Texas. Everybody knows it's big in Florida, Alabama, even even uh, California. But uh, you know, high school football is is in my mind, it's going to start to become a national thing, and you're going to start. We well, already got the top programs playing on ESPN, and that's where you're seeing these kids are becoming. Exactly. It's escalating. Yeah, t- basically exactly. TV stars and getting famous while they're still 16, 17 years old. Yeah. yeah, they're playing the Under Armour game. They're playing the uh, the Army game. I mean, you're going to start seeing the best teams from each state playing each other cross country. I mean, it's, it's, gonna, it's just going to start. We're already happening. seeing that. I think they do that. Like the big thing is, you know, last week August, they were in high school football starts. You flip on ESPN on Saturday, they got five high school football games on. Yeah. Yep. It's 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 getting incredible, and um. It I think it has a lot me. to do with it. It worries me. You know, the maturity of these guys, the their youth, they're going to start getting uh, start getting a little bit of that fame in them, you know, early. And, and you got you got another case where these kids are are growing up a little too fast. I, I don't know. <clears throat> and there's a case to be made, too, with with all that being said. And then now you see, like, with, uh, with the Calvin Johnson uh, possibly retiring early and more guys starting to retire early, their, their football lifespan is diminishing in a combination effect. You know what I mean? So you got guys that are developing, like you said, too maturely, whatever, and then uh, and then they're retiring early now because they got their money and they want to get out. And it's just their lifespans are going away. Well, it's because in sports, you are your own brand. You have to build your brand it's quick, so yeah. that there's that name recognition of you. So that way then you go from high school, you've already basically built your name up some. You go to yep. college, you build it up more now on a more national level instead of a regional level, maybe slightly on the national mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. And that way then you're signing your rookie deal, and at the same time you're signing your rookie deal, you're signing a multi-million dollar deal with Nike, Gatorade, and all these other companies. They're going to sponsor you. So that way then it's all you're cool. getting more than just your paycheck from the league. You're also getting your paychecks from your endorsement deals. And then... You have all this money, and then you see people like Johnny Manziel who blow it, but then you see guys like Calvin who are smart, they save yep. their money, and now they can retire early because they're set for life. And also with who they are, they can probably use that to get a few endorsement deals, keep their few endorsement deals going for a little while, keep making a little bit of money. And, of course, with all the games that are on TV anymore, you can probably get a broadcast deal, too, and sit in a booth and talk about football for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. The point I was making is yeah, it's just becoming a lot quicker to attain that if you're, if you're doing things the right way, like you just said. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty much exactly right. And another thing, another thing too, is look, look at the game now. Look how fast the game is. I mean, every, every sport, um, you know, hockey, football, baseball, the, the, the sport, the, these sports are getting very, very fast. The basketball... Um, the athletes are just getting, they're so much better prepared over the summer. They work out so much more. When you look back in the 50s, some of these guys had side jobs in the summertime when they weren't playing these sports or, or you know, in the winter. Oh, yeah. To keep making money. Tradesmen. Uh, and, you know, and when, when the season started up again, you know, they were, they were done with that job and they were going back into uh, going back into the season here. But, you know, in the off season, these guys are personal trainers now, uh, the best nutrition and everything like that. So when you have a, you have a guy like Calvin who's, who's a freak himself, um, going up against uh, some freakish safeties, something's going to get at, at the collision point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, these guys, their bodies and their their their, mind, their heads, you know, uh, concussion stuff go, goes through a lot. And they, I mean, retiring early. So do you agree with it? I guess the question very, would very be, attractive. do you agree? With, with what, retiring like, early? Do you, like, yeah, because I mean, I think it's a little bit premature. Yeah. You think you should go? You're, you're down with that? I mean, you know, if, if I were a Lions fan still, 
Um, oh. I'd be like, oh, you know, I, I can see how every Lions fan in the world is is really ticked off. I mean, geez, I mean, you know, as a, as a Reading fan, I, mean, I don't want to see Datsu go, but he's got to go at some point. You I know. know that was a t- and, that I mean, was a tough watch, by the way, the other night. We 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 all texted about it, but yeah, that was yeah. that's a whole other topic. But yeah. But I mean, you know, the guy, it, it's his body, it's his life. I mean, does he want to walk around? Uh, like a gimp and, and be on medication the rest of his life, or is he going to retire early with some money in his pocket? And, uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's a to me, it's a quality of life thing, and, it, and it's on the athlete. He's, a, he's an adult. He's a grown man. Um, he's got to do what's right for him. That is, you're right. You're right. You yeah. sound. You make it. You. You almost. I don't agree with you, but you. The way you say it almost makes me believe you. Yeah, but I. I don't agree because I'm a Lions fan. But I mean, I actually agree with Joe. Yeah. For me, a guy like Calvin he just says it so gracefully. He's already taken some injuries, and it becomes okay. I'm already in some pain on a regular day basis. How much worse is this going to get, and how much is this going to affect me? 10, 20 years from now mm-hmm. when I'm only 40, 50 years old. I get it. Yeah, and when you see like normal everyday people now who have no health issues really if they live a healthy lifestyle up into their 60s and 70s. Yeah. yeah. Look at Muhammad Ali, you know. And the, the, guy's, the guy's final fight, he was, he was fighting an old sparring partner uh, who he used to whip around, you know, in training. And, and he, just, he just wouldn't quit. He kept, he kept saying, you know, uh, terrible things in the ring to this old sparring partner to, to get him to keep fighting, and you know the, the sparring partner can see it. I mean, he's like, man, you're you're done. Like, you when know, was this? Is this recent? Or? No, it was a while. Well, ago. This, this, this is like Muhammad Ali's final oh, fight. But, I mean, news to me. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't remember exactly what you know, where for where it would happen. But I mean, he would just keep talking trash because he just wanted to keep fighting. He wanted to keep his image up, and you know, the the guy. Uh, I mean, not even really that. Like that great of a boxer just I mean whipped him up and it kind of embarrassed him in, you know on his final fight and it was it was, a, it was a sad it was a sad going out is what I'm saying it was it was probably yeah. one of the worst ways to go out for such a such a fantastic athlete and such a such a great fighter and I mean is that the way uh, is that the way Calvin wants to go is that the way yeah. you know, other athletes want to go I think there's I'm a certain be that dramatic but I yeah mean, there's a certain camaraderie that goes with that I mean I think that he went out you know with his chamber empty like a gangster man but I mean it's, it is a sad story. But yeah. um, that just reminded me of a, you didn't end up coming with us that one day to see Creed. Did you end up? Did you end up going to see that? No, I haven't seen oh, that. Oh, dude, that uh, that alleged um, third fight between Apollo and Rocky. How Apollo oh, won. Behind, behind you hear scenes. about that? Made me think. Yeah, of you. well, it's like uh, they, they did it. They did it on their own because uh, Rocky owed him one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Exactly. It just made me think. He, uh, we should <laughs> we should all been together in a better place. But don't don't tell me what happened because I, I won't. I won't. I still can't believe there's another Rocky movie out there. Dude, it was seen. good, man. That's all I'll say. You know, that's all I'll say. It was good, though. I mean, I need to get out there and see it. I can't believe oh. you haven't seen it, actually, but yeah. Next thing I want to talk about is the All-Star Game, the NHL All-Star Game. I thought it was fantastic. Me too. I actually agree with you. This is what I'm not going to argue. I but there's much to talk about. It was uh, <laughs> It was a good... It was a good game, man. I, the three on three. I mean, I got a kick out of it. Like I really did. I never seen something like that before. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, to me, that was amazing yeah. watching that. I, I actually, I record. I said I'm going to record this, try and catch it live. But I set up to record because I knew that I was going to be in another house that day. I came in just as it was starting the first three on three game, and I started watching and saying like, oh, "I'll watch this game, and if it's you know same old, same old, then I hate watching it." It's not really even hockey. I'm just going to flip it off. But 
It was three on three. It was exciting. It, it was, was good. entertaining. Yeah, it was very entertaining. I watched all three games and loved it. How about Yager? Uh, My goodness. Yeah, Yager's still killing it at forty six years old that, or something like that. That move he put on for that goal when he, when he came in on the breakaway that was that was amazing, wasn't it? Gosh, that guy is that guy's a freak. He, he is. He's a, he's a madman, man. You know, I I'll tell you what, I've absolutely enjoyed the three on three um, overtime sessions. I've enjoyed three on three period all year. And the all-star game with the tournament style, you know, and I think it just really opens it up and everyone can really see the skill, the skill set of all these guys uh, today. You know, when, when you do regular five on five, they kind of just don't care. Um, and you don't get to see it as much. You just see like, you know, 12 to 13 goal games. And, I think uh, Jeremy Roenick put it the right way. He said, there's nowhere to hide in this format. That's what he said. There's nowhere to hide. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I think the biggest story of it all was the big man. Uh, John Scott. Oh, yeah, he's got a couple my. scoring moves that we've never seen before there. You yeah, know, I, that, I, was, that was awesome. I couldn't tell if he I, – I forget who the defender was on that on that breakaway goal. I'm not sure if he didn't let him do that. I, I still – I watched it like four or five times. I couldn't tell if he like let him up easy on that breakaway. But uh, either way, it was a great wrist shot. But I yeah. couldn't tell if he let him in. I truly want to know. I want to ask that guy. I want to find out who it is and ask him if he let him score that goal. But Yeah, you know – most of the defenders are... Yeah, you know what I mean, but I couldn't tell. Anyway. I couldn't I mean, they're tell. not going to try and hit the hit. I mean, for one, he's twice the size of probably whoever it was. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're just not going to... They're not going to go that hard, but the fact that he came in and was able to put it by... Um, gosh, I don't even remember who was in net. Uh, uh, you know what? I think it might... Was it Bishop or who was that? No. No, was, he didn't. Was it, it, it was West Coast. Western Conference. I'm not sure. But yeah, I want to talk to that goalie too and see if he let that wrist shot in or not. But also, Rene or Peck Crawford, or, probably. He's either Pecorine or uh, the other central goalie. Crawford. Crawford, maybe I don't know. I can't even remember. Rene, I know Rene, I know Rene was there for sure. I think he let it in, but that's just my personal opinion. I think he let him score, but. Yeah, but well, yeah, the other goal too, which was a pretty good goal. Yeah, that was clean. That, that was clean. Yeah, that was a, that was a good clean one. But I mean, well, what a great story, you know, and and. It really, I think, really pissed off everybody, and I'm, I'm so glad he got to play. It was a fact he got traded, mm-hmm. went straight down to the minors, and everyone's like, "What the hell is going on? Like, what are you, what are you doing here?" Well, I mean, the NHL kind of orchestrated that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was in Arizona. They didn't want right? him. Was it Arizona? Yeah, he was. In that's, that's, what's, that's what's awful is everybody agrees that the NHL orchestrated that to try and get an actual star like like Domi or uh, or whoever else. Shane Down. Yeah, Shane Doan or somebody from Arizona into that game, and you know the fan, the fans spoke and, and they were heard, um, which is awesome. Yeah, they uh, kind of made it. I mean, don't you think the NHL made it right? You know, they, with that million dollar check and like the whole story, they they made it right because at first it was yeah. going to turn into a bad day for everybody. You know, they were going to like not let it go down. And he got yeah. shipped off to Montreal. His wife had twins coming. It was a bad vibe. And but my, they made it great. Yeah, one of my favorite parts about the whole thing also was then they don't put his name on the list of players you could vote for for All-Star, but so many people wrote him in as a candidate. He still won the, the MVP of the All-Star game. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he was MVP He gets the too and- pilot, which is good because he's already got two kids and he's about to have a set of twins, I think it is. Yeah. So uh, he's going to need that uh, bigger vehicle to haul it around. It was around. a good story. It was good, man. The whole the yeah, All Star game in general and the John Scott thing. That was just a good, good vibe. Yeah. I thought. Best thing about that is I think it's a good story that you probably won't see too many times in any other sports. No, yeah. you won't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like you just don't. You just don't have that in other other sports. You don't have like a 
a tough guy, the fighter. I mean, we had we had a guy, you know, the, the Darren McCarty's, you know, the John Scotts out there. And, you know, fan, fans fall in love with the tough guy who's great in the community, but a, a nasty dude on the ice. And, uh, and you know, things like this happen. And, you know, we had a similar situation when McCarty made his comeback in, in 08 and won the cup with us. And, you know, it, it's just great to see that in hockey. You don't see that too much in other sports. Yeah, it was it was good to see. The sad part about it, like, I mean, if you want to take a, a depressing aspect on it, is he was out there scoring goals, playing with the All-Stars, you know, one night, you know, world champ kind of vibe. But, uh, you know, he he was going back off to Montreal's farm team. You know what I mean? So, yeah. You know, on the sad part, but, I mean, it was good for him. But, yeah, you know, the NHL made it right. <laughs> At the end of the day, he's going back to the farm. His agent actually just came out and said they want to make a movie about it. That's cool. I can see that happening. Yeah, it would be. I mean, movie deals it. make a little bit of money. Yeah, I'd watch. I'd watch. Because you're not movie. making much. Because he has a two way contract, so I know he's not getting paid that much when he's down in the minors. John. John. He's actually kind of a funny guy. I saw him. He, there's a segment with him in that stadium series uh, back when he was with San Jose last year. Um, they had like the four episodes leading up to the stadium series game, and uh, they had a Super Bowl party, I think, at Joe Thornton's house. Oh, and John wow. Scott was going around with a video camera um, interviewing. The, all the Canadian players on who's going to win the Super Bowl, and a lot of those guys didn't even know who was in the Super Bowl. They're all so Canadian. Wow. Uh, they didn't even know football. And so I thought that was pretty funny. And John Scott, you know, he's asking the wives, and the wives obviously had no no idea. Um, that is so he, he, was, he was having a good time with it. And he, he wasn't, like, picking up people. He did it to his own wife. And he was kind of really making fun of his own wife, too. And his <laughs> It was funny, you know. It was a good, it was a good, feel good segment. He seemed like uh, a funny guy. He he totally owned that whole thing though, because I mean, one could take that as embarrassing. You know, he totally yeah. owned it though. He was out there like scoring goals, scooping the ice, doing sellies. You know, uh, yeah. he was hanging out with the fellas. You could you could tell the guys were you know yeah. taking a like to him. Like, well, he, he was totally owned with the it, guys man. from San Jose who he played with the year before and he was friends with. Right. And he had a good time, and then they did the whole thing where they picked him up in his shoulders. Yeah, he was owning it. Can you see and how that would be embarrassing? Brent though? Burns, when they, or, yeah, they asked Brent Burns about it, and he's like, yeah, that's Pavelski. He's kind of a shit starter, so. Yeah. I mean, it was good, because you, you knew it's that boys. basically Gary Batman did not want him to be there, and personally, I cannot stand Gary Batman. I think he's horrible for the he's sport kind of, of hockey yeah. overall, even though he's doing, he's done some good things, I will say that. He's making the owner's money, which is why he gets to keep his job. But there's so many things that I think he's missed out on, the opportunities to grow hockey and make it a, a bigger, more popular sport, especially in the U.S. Yeah, I wish somebody else was uh, was in charge of the NHL. It's a great of a sport it is. Yeah, I wish it was somebody else, but, I mean, it is what it is, man. It's just Batman. Yeah, yeah and this is definitely a topic for another day, but, I, yeah. I mean, are you guys surprised <laughs> that there's still not a professional hockey team in Wisconsin? Uh, I don't care about Wisconsin much, so I'm out I'm on this saying, one. I'm just saying, like, that's, another, that's a big hockey state. There's yeah. a lot of hockey that goes on in Wisconsin. It, I've never you know, actually thought Wisconsin, about it. Minnesota, too. Michigan, big hockey states in, in the United States, and uh, uh, you know I can't believe they don't have one in Milwaukee or, or over by uh, by Green Bay. There, you know, there's uh, a reason why I've never gone to Wisconsin. It's that close to us, but yeah. <laughs> there's a giant save, lake between we'll save us. Save that for later. Yeah. <laughs> so the Red Wings, uh, <laughs> the Red Wings lately. You know we had, we had the five-one victory uh, yesterday, which was. A great win at home. We haven't won at home in a while, which is, is pretty alarming in itself. But uh, you know, guys, other other than that win, a five to one win, and we actually won three to one against the Islanders before before the All Star break. There, four to two against but the Islanders. Was it was four to two back in uh, 
back January twenty fifth, right before the All Star break, and then yeah, so then yeah, we went to All Star break, came out of the All Star break, and we dropped those two to Tampa Bay and then Florida, that were the two game little Florida trip before we came home for this five game homestand that started yesterday with the Islanders game, and right. honestly, I mean, we had like nothing offensively. What, wait, the, are we talking about the, the Tampa Bay game? You know what? I want yeah, that's the one I wanted to talk about. That Tampa Bay game was pitiful. That was yeah. unbelievable. We all talked we all texted and talked about it. You guys can start it the way you want, but that was just an unbelievable watch. Um I can't I mean, I can't even believe I sat through three periods of that. That was just bad. I mean, I must miss them on good days because you guys talk about all these wins and they gotta come from somewhere. But every time I watch the wings, it's just tough. It's just well, tough. What I was going to say is, other than those wins, uh, they haven't been able to do much of anything this year, you know, and there's, there's, there's a few good wins, they go on a couple of good win streaks, but even the win streak we had, you know, even back in that road trip, uh, you know, almost a month ago, I mean, they have just not been able to produce more than two goals a game, and there's a couple outliers, like, you know, like I said, the victory yesterday and the victory against the Islanders before yeah, the break. Yeah, well, of course, yeah, I mean, they're their, always the competitors. just... Has not been there. I mean, you know, you, you got to wonder. You know, they're, they're trying to change things up. I thought I thought bringing Athanasio in uh, yesterday was a good move to get some speed. But really, you know, you got to think that it, it's pretty frustrating. Dude, it is. Deadline coming up, and you got you got to think there's a move. There's a move sitting in place. There has to be. You know what's sad? That. You know what's sad too is I'm not like you. You're the hockey nista. You you always watch no matter what. You're up on your facts. And, you know, I'm not really, but, like, it just, as a Red Wings fan, when you're a diehard, like, in general, you just feel it. Like, I just know that they're not doing that good. Like, you know what I mean? You just can tell. Yeah. Like, even without watching them, it's just, like, not there. It's just the spunk. And uh, unless you, you, like you said, if something doesn't happen, you know, we're just going to get bounced again, man. That's what I've been saying since the day one of the show. You know, the yeah. first round knockout, dog. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, all year, I think the, the skill level's there. And everything, it's you know. I think our biggest issue has been the neutral zone play, and, and our special teams. You know, coming, you know, in the power play, the, the puck possession down low, uh, trying to draw forwards down low into the corners and get up to the points where we acquired this weapon in, in Mike Green. Yeah, but the guy, the guy's only good. got like four goals this year. Yeah, you know? I mean, like I said, we we can keep it close. Like you said, the neutral zone, we can keep it close. There, there's no problem with that, but it's just not offense there's no offense and it's just not entertaining man like they can keep they can play you a two to one game they win or lose or draw you know they'll have a two one three one three two game but yeah. it's just not there, man. I, mean, I mean that Tampa Bay game the killer was there weren't many penalties we got two power plays and we were on the penalty kill three times we didn't score on either of our power plays, but we gave up two yeah, goals those, while we were at, yeah, on the penalty the play. Those, those two power play goals looked way too easy, too. I mean, yeah, Mrazek has like, been amazing all year, but when you're down a skater, you got to be playing better than that in front of him. And screw Howard, by the way. Well, yeah, I mean... How, Howard, I mean... Howard... I mean, at this point, it's just... Yeah. Can we all agree on that, right? <laughs> I, I almost don't even care what we get in return for Howard. It's just get rid of the $5 million contract we're paying a backup goaltender... To let in five goals a game. That's all I'm saying Yeah. at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, then, I mean, if you want to look at the special teams playing that game, we had seven power plays in that game, and we scored on two of them, which is good. But at the same time, we were on the penalty kill four times, and we gave up two goals, two power play goals to them. So it evens out there, and you got a 6-3 game. 
So you're looking at basically another their game where it was one goal that we got at even strength. And that's right. the thing, is if we're not scoring more than they are on the power play, you lose games. Yeah. I mean... What's our yes, record now? Our record now uh, is 26-18-8. and eight. So that puts us in... We're sitting in the wild card right now, and we're yeah. right behind uh, third in the division. So yeah, it's a we're in race like, right now. We're, we're definitely... We're in like seventh Is right there now. like, a, like a, a number of teams that are like right in that hunt? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, if we would have lost yesterday, it would have been right really now. bad for us. But, I mean... Oh, see, that's what I mean. I, I, I'm saying first-round bounce, but, I mean, we got to get in there first, man. Like, if, we, is... if we want to take a quick look at yesterday's game, we got three power plays scored on one of them. We were on the penalty kill five times, only gave up one power play goal. So we're even there, and we won 5-1. to one. That means four of our goals came at even strength. That's and that's the thing, is that's the one where you only gave up one when you're on the penalty kill... And you dominated the play at even strength. Yeah. Well, in that game, too, you got to figure the 5-on-5 five five play was a lot more dominant. You yeah. can't be taking penalties 5-on-5. Five five, and you got to, you just, in today's NHL, you have to generate speed through the neutral zone and, and, you know, retain possession of the puck. So coming through the neutral zone yesterday, it seemed like every time we were coming through, it was, there was some flow, there was some, uh, there, there was some connection there, and, you know, they get in the zone and, and set something up, and, of course, you know, the, the, the defensemen today in the NHL, they're going to break it up once you get in the zone a little bit there. But it seemed like we were always able to generate some speed coming up out of the breakout, through the neutral zone, into their zone. And that, that turns into puck possession down low sometimes. It turns into puck possession anywhere in the other team's zone. And that's where you want the puck. And if you, if you can't generate that speed, um, you're not going to do anything. And, and last night was a good example of how to, how to get it right finally. Yeah. Um, and they, they have to keep that up because some teams, they know Detroit likes to do that, and they clog up the middle, and you got to find a way to counter that. And they haven't been able to do that, that yet this year. It sounds, like it, was a, it sounds like it was a good game. You said they scored five goals. I'm sure it was awesome. But, like, I mean. Lark, Larkin had a great one. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, yeah. That, that was what I was going to say. I was going to mention Larkin, but, I mean, Dadsuit doesn't look like himself. Like, can, you just kind of got to ask yourself as a Red Wings fan, like, who do you count on? Like, you know. We're fast. That's good. You know, we can penalty kill. You know, we can play a little bit. Like, who do you truly count on anymore? Morazic and Larkin. You know what I mean? Like, Dadsuk just doesn't bring it. Zetterberg, I mean, you know my thoughts. But it just doesn't – it just doesn't feel like that. You always had those guys that, like, it would uh, just – they were always there. It was, like, your go-to. Like, Lindstrom. You know, they just count on them. I don't feel that way with, like, you know, a lot of the people on our team, man. I'm just being honest. Frank, I'm glad you brought that up. I seriously that, don't like, feel it. You know the vibe, Crosby. This 97-98 hockey towns. You know what I mean? Like, we're fans. You don't yeah. count on those guys. Where are they? Go ahead. Yeah, and that, that brings me to my next point is the trade deadline. All right. Yeah, it, right? bring somebody, man. And, and here, here's what I kind of have, have some notes jotted down here. So, overall, I think the Wings need to make a move. I feel like they have a, a small group of guys that they can start building around. They're, they're younger, so you, you know, one is the obvious one, Larkin, Marchenko, DeKaiser, and Mrazic. Mm, that's not turning me on besides Larkin. No chubby there. Yeah, and, you know, Larkin, we have, this is what I see with Larkin, is a giant opportunity to make some big moves because Larkin's 19. Everybody knows at this point that he's the future of this team. You have to build around him. That's it. He's good, he's man. It's about the only right one. It's the only one I can think of that really I, can, I like. And, and, here, and here you go, you have, come up on the trade deadline, 
a rare opportunity at a guy like Jonathan Druin or uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins for two players with huge ceilings, right? I mean, you're, you're talking an immense amount of potential. Druin's a year older than Larkin. Um, I think he went to the All-Star game last year. Eugene Hopkins is getting pretty good. He's out with a broken hand right now. Where's he from, Edmonton? Or? Yeah, Edmonton. Yeah, he's from Edmonton. And, and here, here's, the, here's the thing is Edmonton's got to move somebody this trade deadline. They want to because they want, like, a defenseman or a goalie or something. Yeah, they got enough of them over there. And here's the, here's the thing from for the Oilers. You think, like, yeah, they're not going to trade anyone. They can afford to lose somebody because look where they are in the standings. Dead last in the West. Still. They're going to get another top pick. So why why even bother? They got they got McDavid now, and they even have some of their other top picks, uh, kind of working their way up from the minors because there's no room for for some of these other guys, right? And uh, and so we have we have this you know young coach in Blashill, we have Larkin. Can you imagine if someone like Druin or Nugent Hopkins was alongside Larkin to kind of start running the show? And I, 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 that's what I'm hoping for, man. I just don't I don't know if it's going to be plausible. I don't know if it's going to happen, man. Well, so you got to make a roster move, though, right? Right. And so, who, who, in, who in the roster you think's already kind of hit their ceiling? It sounds like you you have an idea. Tell me. Gustav Nyquist. Okay, you want to get rid of Nyquist? Just think about it, though. Where where should he be scoring right now this year? He should probably be right up there near the top of the team. Yeah, I thought he was. Supposed, I was just talking to Conti about that when we were watching the game. I thought he was supposed to be the the next thing, man. 20 goals. He should be around 20 goals right now. If he's if he used to be a 30-goal scorer like he had come close to the last two years, this is probably his year to break through and finally get those that 30-goal mark. Hasn't done it. What and has honestly, he got, like, five? I don't think the guy's reached his ceiling. And, you know, at the age of 20, 25, 26, uh, again, you know, maybe pushing 27, uh, I think the guy's, the guy's hit his ceiling. Yeah. And when it comes to that, you have, you have a guy that's 22 or, or uh, 20 years old um, in Drew or Nugent Hopkins – they haven't hit that ceiling yet, and they're going to get higher because those guys are top overall picks. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm sure Nyquist is probably our, our best bet. I mean, let's. I mean, here's someone's got to want him. Get him. Down. When you're talking about Nyquist, yeah, here's the thing. We're talking about how great Larkin is. Larkin has 18 goals, 19 assists for 37 points. You're looking at a guy at Nyquist, 14 goals, 15 assists, 29 points. He's right up there. So is Tatar. Yeah, his goals didn't weren't the quality. He's right up there. They weren't quality but, goals. He's right up there with our 19-year-old rookie, though. That's my point, is he should be beyond Larkin. Larkin should be chasing him, not the other way around. Yeah, Nyquist was supposed to be, like, the next thing, man. Like, that, they were all about him. And he did, you know, he impressed me a lot with those backhand deeks, and he was doing good. He had me sold for a little bit, but, I mean, it just so, doesn't seem to be there. He's a well-paid roster player. We trade him and create a little bit of cap space to, to get the guy in return. The thing with Nugent Hopkins, he's, he's earning $6 million a year. Right, so we, we get rid of Nyquist, maybe one other guy who's, who's giving us a little trouble right now. A guy like Erickson comes to mind. Um, we got a great defenseman down in the minors who's been who's been trying to get up for years. Is that that's a uh, Xavier Olet? Um, we we kind of we kind of move forward with the youth a little bit more here. We we kind of start to progress progress up and you know make, make a couple moves. I, I just I really think if we make a move and get another another uh, big young name. We got the new arena coming in a couple of years, and uh, and to me that that just screams so free agency. <laughs> we we build off free agency, and uh, and you know that then off of that you you get the cups. I so, guess, man. I mean, that all sounds good. I just I hope so, man. Like I really hope you're right. 
mean, obviously, obviously the, the trades are a lot more complicated than that. Yeah, I know. Sounds, just, but. We, we're not known for making those big deals anymore, though, too, yeah. man. Like, we're just not, not really, I don't know. I just don't see it happen. I, I want it to, man. I'd, I'd love the Wings to win, but... I'm saying, like, uh, I'm a diehard, man. I'm losing a little bit of faith, and that's why I keep you around, but I'm yeah, telling you, man. To me, to me, it's just, like, I feel like there's an opportunity. I could be wrong. You know, I mean, that's why I'm. Uh, that's why we're fans and not running the organization here. Yeah, but, man, uh, I hope so. I man. mean, God, I mean, just could you just imagine Nugent Hopkins and Dylan Larkin up front, you know? Yeah, I'm glad you informed me about that. I'm going to have to look into that, but, yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Just just watch, watch some film on him, Frankie. Uh, go, yeah, go on YouTube there and... Well, Nugent dude. Hopkins is pretty good. Well, dude. Um, he's, he's quick. He's got good hands. And, man, with a guy like Larkin running those two lines. And, and think about this, too. Those two could be on the top line together. And who do you pair on the second line? Datsukin Zetterberg. Bam. There you go. Yeah, but man. I mean, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, I'm still looking at the whole stat side of this because, I mean, I'm the geek who looks at stats. Nyquist is third on this team in goals with – well, he's tied for third with Advocator with 14 goals. You have Larkin has 18, Tatar second with 15, and then Nyquist and Advocator have 14. They're the only four players that are in double digits in goals this season. Yeah, we'd be kind of screwed if we didn't have and that. And Nyquist has 15 assists, putting him fourth overall in points. And that, that's great. That's great. It doesn't I mean, feel right, though. You know, it just doesn't feel. And that, right. That's great. And like, like, yeah, Frank just hit it right on. You know, hit, hit it right on the nail there. Um, he, you know, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like he should be just sitting at fourth. And if you want to get another player like Nugent Hopkins, you're going to have to trade. You're going to have to trade a player of, of equal or, or maybe yeah, a little bit lesser free. value. You're going to have to make the move. You're going to have to sacrifice a little bit. Any big deal. Um, is going to move players around, and it's it's what the uh, I think it's what the long term return is, you know, overall. So. I mean, you, you kind of know how I feel. I just feel that you know, this team has scores. It's just they the problem is they're also streaky anymore. Where it used to be, if a guy went on a cold streak, you know, when you were looking at the wings, like one guy went on a cold streak, but there were three guys who were super hot. And you can rely on them. And then when one of those guys got cold, that guy who was cold before was super hot again. And you had that working. Where right now it seems that they all get hot together and they all get cold together. Yeah. No, I mean, they're definitely streaky. I I mean, that's a big problem. You can't can't go win a couple games, two or three games, and then uh, just not show up for three or four. And, you know, that's what makes them float in the standings. And, you know, they they can call it the parody of the league. They can call it whatever they want. But it's, uh, you know, playing someone, they just got to play the damn game. Yeah. What the hell yeah. ever happened to Franzen, by the way? Uh, still uh, concussion issues. Symptoms. Wow. Yeah, he's a close. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be done after, uh, after this year. Yeah. That's, that's another but, I mean, story. let's look at what we have coming up. So, yeah, we Monday, we got Florida. Wednesday, Ottawa. Friday, Colorado. Sunday, Boston. All That's the last four games of this homestand we're currently on. All of them are against teams that are doing pretty good this year, other than, I think, Ottawa. I'm not sure where they're at in the standings right now. Yeah, they're kind of floating down there with Montreal. But I know Boston's doing good. I know Florida's doing amazing. And I know Colorado's doing pretty good out west. That's three of the four games we got against good teams at home. And we just had one against the Islanders. We came out strong against the Islanders. We need to 
used the home ice advantage. And I think in this homestand, we should only lose one game. We should go 4-1 and one in this homestand, and we're already 1-0. So that okay. means 3-1 and one over our next four games because right now we're right down there at the bottom of the standings. We need to work our way up because otherwise we're going to be missing the playoffs this year. No, absolutely. And uh, big, big thing, big game uh, that coming up this week is the Colorado game to me. Uh, preview of the stadium series game. That's going to be going on in Colorado. We'll talk, about, we'll talk more about that one when we get closer to that game. Yeah, but, that's uh, not until February 27th, so we got a little while got a little on that bit one. of time, but... Uh, 20 days. Be a good, be a good preview game. You'll be able to see what we're getting into uh, before we head out to the uh, the outdoor arena. You know, if we got to drop one of the two, it'd be the one, one against Colorado at home um, so we can go whip them up on national television. But, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, Sunday's game against Boston will be national television. That's one you really want to win. Yep. And especially against Boston, we, we got to put Boston away. We've had a couple, we've had a couple late leads on them this year. They're able to squeak out of them, but uh, I, I think we'll take care of them. Super Bowl weekend, it's going down in the states. Woo! Woo! Let's go, boys. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We got Cam Newton. We got the sheriff Peyton Manning. We got all kinds of things to discuss. I'm excited. You can hear about the. I'm losing my breath. First time talking about the Super Bowl. What a day to kick it off, baby! What a day. Yeah, you might want to keep breathing, Frank. I'm not giving you mouth I'm breathing. Mouth. I'm breathing. I might need some resuscitation a little bit. Uh, yeah, you're on your own on that one. All right. So, what do we start with? What do we do? Uh, let's talk uh, Let's talk Cam Newton first. I know you're looking to get to that. Let's, let's start with Cam Newton, then we'll go overall yeah. Super Bowl. Okay. And then uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, okay. we'll give our picks on the game. Oh, yeah, let's start with that. Let's do the picks first. No, you, let's you just get it all out of the way. The picks all right, at picks the at the end? Fine, fine. I'll picks, say at the end, picks at the end, and that, that'll give you guys time to think about the score. I'll save my thoughts. All right. And score. Sounds good. Okay, well, I mean, there's I so many. going to pick against the spread. Okay, there's so many narratives in the Super Bowl. Um, you can pretty much pick your path. I'm kind of looking forward to the, the battle of the quarterbacks, to be honest. I'm looking forward to the young man, Cam, you know, Black, obviously, with just you no know, getting around it. You know, we're on satellite radio, but uh, we're on the internet versus satellite. Yeah, radio. whatever. But uh, we aren't know, cool enough for satellite yet, Frank. Going over <laughs> against Peyton, it's just it's pick your poison. Do you want youth? Do you want uh, experience? You can just go so many routes. But uh, I'm going with the you know I'm going with the Panthers. I'll save my score, but I want Cam. I'm a Cam man. Classic. I don't think you are. So I mean, we'll we'll talk about it. But what do you think I'm about just, what do you think? Here's my thing with Cam. I'm just not all about the uh, the obnoxious, you know, celebrations and things like that. The way oh the way he goes God. about the game. I mean, you know, you, you can go both ways on it. Yeah, he makes the money, and you know, if you if you want to do it, then stop him. But you know, there's there's also the professionalism aspect to it. You know, be be a professional, act like you scored before, mm-hmm. and uh, Barry Sanders, quit quit, quit, quit showboating. Yeah, you know. Uh, you, don't, you, ever see, you don't ever see Calvin doing that kind of stuff. Right. Well, he's also retiring. You know, I'm not a big fan of Calvin now either. But I, the whole, with, the, with the Cam Newton stuff, I'll, I'll tell you my take, man. Uh, I don't mind it at all. You know, you know me. I'm a pretty flamboyant guy. But I don't mind the celebrations, man. I mean, if you, if you can back it up, do it, man. You know, he, he's just out there doing his thing. I love that swim move when he's grabbing his nose and actually snorkeling. I love the it. The dab? Yeah. yeah, the dab. Yeah, I love that. You know, I, I enjoy it personally. You didn't know what the dab was? But, Come um, on, Frank. What? I'm Peyton Manning's old, man. He's boring. You know, just let him go. You know, that's yeah, but I, his strength has always been his mind. 
Great. And getting them in the right formations. No one wants to see that. And in the past, he's never had a defense. (laughs) This year... (laughs) This year, Peyton has a defense to back him up. That's what this year has been. Has been whether it's Peyton or Brock. He's lucky he has that defense. Damn right, he's lucky he's got a defense. This This is the first year I think Peyton's ever had a defense... At all. And he's lucky that he does, because if he didn't, he wouldn't be there. Cam Newton would be smashing on somebody else. Well, guess what, Frank? Football's a team game. You need a defense and an offense. Great. Manning's had one one guy his entire career, that's Dwight Freeney, uh, you know, being (laughs) on the defense. Man, I mean, they they really do have a defense this year, and that that was the biggest thing um, in general about the Super Bowl. So I'm going to say this. Cam Newton, you know, I, I I don't really... Hate the guy. I think. I think he's. You know. Sometimes he's a baby. Sometimes he's obnoxious. Blah blah blah. But. But it really. I mean. Overall, the biggest reason I want the Broncos to win is. is I think it's Peyton Manning's last game. And how lucky have we been. To see a guy like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. You're a. You're just this. such a Peyton guy. And that's why we get along. It's okay to disagree. You're just a Peyton kind of guy. You're a sheriff man, bro. That is, uh, that's just you. That's just what a, what a talent, though. We, we, our, our lives, we, we know the lives. You're a good company, man. That's just, that's good. I mean, here's my thing. <laughs> I could not stand Cam coming out of college because of all the stuff that went down with him and the laptop and the transferring, going to JUCO. Which was overblown. Probably getting paid to go to Auburn, all that kind of stuff. And the fact that everything he did, he just kind of got off on it. And they just let him get away with it. And then when you turn around and you look, now, I mean, I like seeing him have fun. I I don't really mind the celebrations. It's cool. He's having fun, having, doing good on the field. The celebrations did bother me when he's doing the Superman thing when his team's down 30 points. I mean, you can do that when your team's winning, but when your team's down, you don't need to be doing that. I get you're trying to have some fun out there. Uh, yeah, I don't mind it, but I, I understand. But my I, I, biggest I, issue with the Panthers is their owner, Jerry Richardson. He just got on my nerves last year, and I want nothing but his team to lose until he no longer owns it. Because he gets up there on TV right after the whole Ray Rice fiasco and is crying in the middle of a speech talking about how horrible domestic violence is, yet he's completely okay with his guy, Greg Hardy, suiting up that Sunday because... Yeah, well, there's no video of it, so nobody really knows. And then he didn't do anything until there's all this media outcry and all this public opinion saying, like, why are you letting a guy who's been convicted of domestic violence play in your team when you're up there crying, talking about how horrible of a crime domestic violence is in the first place? Yeah, you know, I think that's another thing. I think Greg Hardy's fine, but, I mean, whatever. But, uh, like, that's that's all good. But <laughs> if, you have, if you have any troubles in the NFL, NHL, or anything, hey, Frank's got your back. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> for all you pro athletes pretty out much. there. Greg Hardy's, you you're just okay. Oh, He's yeah. Like, Vegas every weekend and, and never, you know, do very well at your job period. But Frank, Frank will get your back, though. No, I'll tell you what, though. Aside from the quarterback thing, though, um, you know, the Panthers in general – have done a pretty damn good job. If you don't remember, not that long ago, they, uh, you know, they sucked. They weren't very good, and they, uh, they got a lot of veterans like in their secondary. That's why they had a draft pick take Cam Newton was because they were horrible. Yeah, you know, they they've done a good job though. I th- I'd like to see the Lions do something like that down the road. You know, they've uh, they've done an incredible job, I think, and I think they're going to cap it out with a Super Bowl win, which is a very big deal. I think this year they they might have had the best middle linebacker in the league. Oh oh yeah oh yeah Keekly. I'm all about some Keekly. Yeah, I mean, no, their their defense 
I mean, their defense is so good right now to where they probably scored half the points. Um, yeah, he, well, he had two, I mean, two pick sixes, pick right? sixes that they had? He had, I know Keekley had two himself in the two playoff games, uh, yeah. two pick sixes. But, yeah, man, they just have done a really wonderful job. It's not even so much that they're doing good on defense. It's the way they did it. Well, look at the thing is, here's the thing. Their team is their defense and cam. They have no receivers whatsoever. No, but they got Superman, though. Yeah, that's yeah. That's what they they, I mean, Greg you got Olsen. Greg Olsen, who's a, a great tight end. end, but at receiver, your number one receiver mm-hmm. was Calvin Benjamin, and he tore his ACL and blew out his knee. Before the season even started, uh, don't don't go don't go too hard on the receivers just yet. They got that tight end Olsen. He's pretty good. Yeah, yeah but he's not good. a receiver. I'm talking like the receiving core in general. That's all. He's right now man. being led by Devin Funchess, who's a rookie who converted from tight end to receiver in his last year at Michigan. Where did he go to college? Yeah, yeah, he Michigan. went to Michigan. We know, right, Joe? Yeah, Funchess <laughs> is pretty good though too. He's a pretty good athlete. I mean, hey, I I get it. They don't have the big time receivers there, but they do have a big time tight end. And if if you look at the Patriots, yeah, they got a, they got a, what's his name? Uh, I can't I can't even think of right now. Who? Gronk? No, not Gronk. Who, who's the Who's the other receiver they got? I'm not sure. Amendola, Edelman. Edelman, yeah. They got Edelman. And uh, but I mean Gronk Gronk's their go-to guy over there. So I mean they they rely heavily on a tight end, and, and it works for them. And so, um, you know, in Carolina, they they also have a running game. They do have a running game, so that, that kind of helps out the passing game. Anybody can catch the ball when, when you put uh, too many guys in the box to try and stop the run. Yeah. Um, it opens up the passing game big time. So. Well, I mean, a lot of times you're stacking the box also because of the fact that Cam is a threat to run as well as pass. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, here, here's the thing. If the Broncos are to, you know, make the game close or to win the game, they have got to spy Cam Newton. And they've got to contain him. They can't. They can't blitz all on one side and let him run off. You know, run out the back door there. They're going to have to contain Cam Newton. He's going to run for you know those those 10, uh, 15 yard runs here and there. But if for the most part they don't let him run around, they force him to pass the ball. It, um, it could be a good day for the Broncos because Cam Newton does have a tendency to throw interceptions. Yeah, Cam Newton. Is, I mean, he's a great athlete, everything, but he's not the most accurate quarterback. And when you're looking at uh, secondary, though, it's led by Aqib Talib and Chris Harris. You're looking at two shutdown corners who, when they're manned up with somebody, if you throw that a little off target, they're taking it the other way. Yeah. Well, I remember the game against Green Bay. Uh, Carolina had Green Bay blown out. I mean, it was. I mean, the game was done probably the beginning of the fourth quarter, but came through a couple interceptions. And that, that really turned the whole thing around, and, and Green Bay was one play away from, from winning that game. They could have scored a touchdown, extra point, and that would have been uh, that would have been the victory for them. So, you know, Cam has a tendency to do that type of thing, and I, I think it really, you know, everyone's been saying it, the defense has got to carry the Broncos. they got to do their part, but, you know, they're going to have to put up some points too because I think Carolina is eventually going to – they're going to put up at least 20-plus uh, points in this game. It's going to be an interesting game, man. Uh, <clears throat> like you said, the Panthers have, the, you know, throughout the playoffs have had this tendency of, you know, getting up getting up ahead big time and then kind of blowing it. So, I mean, I'm actually excited to see if Cam Newton can, you know, he's got a lot of, you know, uh, stigma on him. I'm excited to see if he could live up to the hype, and I think he will, you know, but he, uh, he's he got to perform, and he's, he's under the spotlight. I think, I think the pressure's kind of off Peyton Manning in more of a way because of all this cam stuff and the thug and 
black quarterback and all this stuff, I'd say that the uh, the pressure is all on Cam and, and not the not the older white guy. Well, the pressure's been off Peyton all year because with his awesome defense. With the defense. Right, everyone's been doubting him. Like I, I, was, I started to say earlier, whether it's Peyton or Brock at quarterback, their job is to be a good game manager and to score points. And let the defense do their well, thing. Yeah, well, the defense gives them short fields yeah. to work with here and there and puts them in a good position where then they don't have to drive that far to get into field goal range or to score a touchdown, and you get a couple touchdowns here or there. You know, you kick a few field goals, and, yeah, the game's not going to be pretty. You're probably going to yeah. win a close, ugly game. But that's what sometimes what you got to do because at I, the end of the day, if you win, you're a Super Bowl champion. It doesn't matter you. if it's pretty or ugly. I feel you 100%. I think that if Cam, like I said, if Cam Newton can rise to the occasion, I think that it uh, it will offset that. If he, if he comes to play... I think he'll take care of that that whole defense. I think uh, Peyton Manning's going to get exposed for uh, you know having having that good defense all year. Like you said, it's gonna it's gonna do its thing. It got you there. But I think if Cam comes to play, uh, I think that uh, they'll prevail. I think so. So here's here's my thought: if, if Peyton can have just one one big game, you know, one one final game here. Um, yeah, there's that too. He's gonna have to. Here's the thing. He's not going to do it with his arm. He's not going to do it with athleticism. He's going to have to use his mind and, and his cerebral uh, advantage here. He's the one guy in the league, uh, maybe other than Tom Brady, who's been able to come to the line, evaluate a defense, change the play two or three times, and then run a, run a simple, uh, you know, throw a simple slot pass or something. Um, and, then, and then, you know, that, that, that's off to like a 20-yard gain, you know. And he's had athletes around him. He's been fortunate in that regard. But he is going to have to systematically break down every play. And, you know, the ball's probably going to get snapped at, like, the two-second mark of every of every play clock. It's possible. But I mean, I mean if, if he does that, if he gives it one final go and really just breaks down that defense and, and you know, doesn't make any mistakes, um, boy, oh, boy, I mean, it could be – it could be pretty nasty with him out there just make, trying to make the easy plays because uh, I mean he, that, that's what he's done his whole yeah, career. He can do what he's done in the past, just pick apart the other team's defense by reading the defense right, putting them into the right play, checking them to the right package, everything like that, and just you know take a little bit at a time, five, six yards here and there, slowly work your way down the field and hope that you know, one of your receivers breaks the tackler or two and gets the 20, 30-yard gain. Or if you're running the ball, hope that he has some good blocking and he can make one or two defenders miss. And you get those big chunks there, and then the rest of the time you're just picking up those short little chunks and you wear away at the defense. Yeah, the, it could happen. The running game is going to have to help him. The, the running backs and the, the offensive line, they're going to have to help out Manning today. I, um, I could see it being like a – I don't want to spoil my pick, but I'm telling you guys, uh, I could see this turning into like a, when they played Seattle back then. Uh, I could just see this getting out of hand. You know, I, I really could. If he doesn't come to play like you guys are talking about, which I don't think he will, I really don't. I mean, that defense will help him, but I, I could see this getting, you know, getting ugly. You know, I really could. I could see that happening. Yeah, I think there's some different pieces in for the Broncos on offense this year. I think, uh, I don't know, I... When I when I watched them in that Super Bowl, there was something weird about it. Like they just kind of fell apart. Like they really broke down. Yeah, I couldn't. They, I don't know if they if they just didn't expect Seattle's defense to be that good. 
or if they uh, maybe they had something something internal going on. But and their offense God, was that gosh. bad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, Pey- Peyton Manning had done really well that year. He was healthy that year. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm anticipating now. Like you know, I, yeah, I can just see that. Ha- maybe it's because I've seen it before. You know, but yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they just maybe they just thought they were gonna they were just gonna execute and, and they didn't, they weren't you know playing the underdog role. I, I feel like there's something to be said about the underdog role. Is where if you're the underdog, you're working your tail off in practice. I mean, you you're expecting every play to be a battle, and you're gonna treat it as a battle. To whereas you know, I think they were fa- they they felt like they were favorite on offense against Seattle. So maybe they maybe they didn't have that hunger in there. They didn't have right. that that you know that human factor um, playing a role there. So maybe maybe I don't know. We'll see, we'll man. See. I mean, I, I I really could see it either way. Like you guys talked about Peyton Manning stepping up to the plate. I'm talking about Cam Newton rising to the occasion and I'm, doing that. I, I'm looking at the numbers. We could see both. I mean, we were talking both defenses being a huge factor here. God, I mean, we could see both defenses just drop the ball. Either way, I see both it kind of being out of hand. It. I mean, either way. Out. I kind of I don't see a close game. That's my that's my thoughts. I really don't see a close game. I think it's yeah. kind of like more uh, more one sided either way than people are thinking about. I really do. That's my thoughts. But I'm hoping for Cam. I mean, Denver is is do not get blown out in the first half and have that. I mean, the last two games for Carolina, they've gone into the second half. I think up by thirty plus points. Yeah, that's a big thing. Denver's not that kind of team that can come back. Like that's a good point. Yeah, like you yeah. know, they're they're not meant for that. They're meant to keep it close. So right, and if, if Denver does keep it close going into the third quarter, that that could change things right there. That can make things a little bit more edgy, um, especially if Carolina they, they seem to kind of blow their wad in the first half. <laughs> and if and if they do that, and it's still a close game. I don't know. Who has more in the tank in the second half? We'll see. Uh, I'd go with youth on that one. Uh, like I said, man, uh, I'm just really <laughs> pulling for Cam, man. 27, just a uh, physical specimen. I can't read yeah, about him I mean, enough. Yeah, but I mean, look what Denver did last week. They got two early touchdowns, and then they just sat back and played defense yeah. and tried to kill as much clock as they could when they were on offense. And the defense just had to uh, make sure they held their ground and didn't give up any big plays, and then they gave us that touchdown at the end. They were able to stop the two-point conversion. And like I said, they went ugly. Yeah. Can you believe in the last, uh, God, I can't remember what the chart showed. I think it was like eight years or something like that. There have been three consistent quarterbacks going to the Super Bowl. Roethlisberger, Manning, and Brady. Yeah, yeah showed, that was from the AFC, that, yeah. Flacco was like the one outlier in that chart for like eight or nine, I think it was like ten years or something. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah, that was the one year when Flacco, I mean, he was in a contract here and played out of his mind and won him a Super Bowl that was – that was another team that was built around their defense. Yeah, and they Ray had the Lewis best defense and, uh, in the league. You know, Ray Lewis on his last and, ride. Yeah. I think Ed Reed was on his last game as well last season. Boys, so big closing on the first show. It's been fun. It's been real. Uh, God, I can't wait to do this every weekend. I think uh, – I'm excited too. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, it, it's it's tough being out in Seattle, and so I, I feel like this is a way we get to we get to do our you know our, our bro time or our chat time. And we love you. Um, having having been friends for so long, you know, it's it's tough being away. So it's it's kind of like being with family. Um, God, I'm gonna cry. But God, I, I, had get, I had to get sentimental. Hey, for a do, second, it up, do it up. Do it up. To all the listeners out there, don't worry. It'll it'll never happen again because we're we're gonna get pretty raunchy as this show keeps going on here. But hey, check it out. We got the picks. All right, we're gonna start with Frank, Tony. I'll cap it off, and then uh, and then we're out of here. All right, so Frank, I need the pick. 
All start. right. What we've all been waiting for. No, yeah. Um, I, like I said, guys, I don't see this going. Uh, I don't see this going close either way. But uh, I'm going to roll with my man Cam Newton. Uh, I believe the spread is five and a half. You said. Uh, yeah, five and a half. It's I believe Carolina favorite by five and a they half. They will cover the spread handingly. Uh, they will. Uh, the Carolina Panthers will win by a score of thirty-five to seventeen. That's brutal. All right, Tony, what do you got? All right, for me, I mean, it's hard for me because this is one of those games where it's picking my heart or my brain because my heart wants Peyton Manning to get one win, go out on top, get that second Super Bowl to tie his brother, and I hate Jerry Richardson, as I've covered earlier. I can't stand the man. Seriously, I just want to be like, fuck Jerry Richardson, which I'd love it if they do that chant for me. It's really real appeal, Tony. <laughs> I can't help it. That's how I feel, right. man. We need, to, we need to pick, Tony. We need to pick <laughs> score. I'm going to have to go with my brain, though. I mean, Carolina is going to cover the five-and-a-half-point spread and probably by about 10 or 12 points. So I'm going to say 30 to uh, 20 in favor of Carolina. 32 to 20 Carolina. Okay. Joe, you don't sound pleased by the picks. Come uh, on. You know what? You know what? I'm going to say true to who I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for the Broncos. 31, 24, eight manning of the Broncos. He's going to close out his career. It's going to be a great day. Uh, I can't fucking wait. Here I, we go, boys. We're closing out. Tony tells us you can find uh, RSF online. And uh, we're going to get out of here. we got some Super Bowl food to make. We're going to get fat. We're going to get nasty. We're going to watch the Super Bowl. Super Bowl weekend. I hope you're right, Joe. I'd love to see that win. I just don't think it's going to happen. But thank you for listening to our first show. You can find us online at revolutionarysportsfront.com. Search Revolutionary Sports Front on Facebook. It is facebook.com slash revolutionarysportsfront. On Twitter, you can search for RSF Podcast. Also, if you want to give us a topic you want to hear us discuss on the show, that would be revolutionary sports front at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and hopefully this show will be on iTunes and Stitcher soon, so you can listen and subscribe there. And if you don't tune in, you're not smart. <laughs> really? That's our, that's our big ending there, Frank. You're Adios, smart. bitches. And hope you enjoyed this. Hope you enjoyed the sports revolution.